0: So, as you know, the battle uh, is on. It's always been on. Do you you find, Ari, that we live in a time where not only do you shake your head, uh, but you fear for conservatives, for the religious, especially the Judeo-Christian religious uh, folks, that you fear for the future of America? There's a lot. You know, I I don't like fear. I don't worry about fear too much, but... I can see. I, I do scratch my head. I do wonder what's what's going on. What's it going to be? What is the natural conclusion of all this? And I, I do know that if we are to continue the way we're going, meaning you know, an ever increasing godlessness, an ever increasing disdain for America, uh, an ever increasing disrespect for uh, Judaism and Christianity. And, of course, for America and, and for Israel, generally speaking, I, there's no way that good can come from out of it, right? I mean, even if you're a, a, an avowed atheist, you cannot possibly say this is going to be good for civilization. And this is one of the things I said when I was an atheist. I, I said, I'm an atheist, but thank God nobody else is, right? Because I knew the devastating consequences of rejecting all the things that actually built civilization. But I think we're there. I think we're getting there. You have Maxine Waters. I mean, this is an article you sent me earlier, uh, Ari, uh, you know, having proclaimed, I think, two or three months ago that, you know, we need to, all you liberals out there, go out and get in in conservative spaces, right, and shout them down and surround them and kick them out of bars and such like that and and confront them and and more or less encouraging violence in, in addition to just, in addition to rejecting them, she encouraged violence. And now we're seeing much more of that, right? People feel emboldened because their better-thans have uh, invited them to, to go ape, ape you-know-what on the conservative voice. So rules apply, uh, you know, against conservatives to, to behave a certain way and have certain decorum. But when it comes to liberals, of course, they can do whatever they damn well please. We talked about Antifa many times. We talked about how, generally speaking, uh, conservatives are shouted down in, in speeches. Um, uh, anybody who's religious is a nut. Um, anybody who's a, a, in university is wonderful. You get the idea. What's what's going to happen when you have more and more, I mean, more and more of these incidences that you ask yourself the following question? What if... This had happened to a Democrat. If a Republican had done this to a Democrat, all hell would break loose, at least within the media.
1: And, ha- the, and the legal system, there, yeah. the actual prosecutions, actual jail time. Right. They wouldn't just let people go with time served or probation or some right. other slap on the wrist. Hey, hey uh, wink, wink, not, nah, not nah, do it again. It's right. okay with us. Right. There, yeah.
0: There's too many examples of this. But Maxine Waters and the, and the recent uh, stabbing of a uh, of conservative merely because he's conservative is a, is a good example. If and had, Steve Scalise, the yes, shooting. Yes. Good example. Yeah. Uh, these. Oh, and Ray and Paul, the beating. If, if all these things happened to any one of these things happen to a Democrat. Even if, they, even if it weren't necessarily by a conservative, it was just a Democrat. They would say, look at this, this hostility toward Democrats. You know, we need to, to, to beef up our police system. It, they, they don't say that, of course, about conservatives. They, 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 they hide and shame about it at best, uh, but most of the time they pretend it didn't even happen. So this is the world we live in, and it's getting worse. Now, what are the effects of this? Okay, this, this is the question that you and I ask all the time, right? So you see the ground, the ground of this dramatic anti-conservative, anti-Christian, uh, and to a lesser extent anti-Jewish um, a sentiment out there, anti-American, anti-Israel, of course, for sure. And then you, you ask yourself, okay, well, what is the effect of it? Is that, is that going to create more Democrats uh, fewer Democrats, you know, I, i.e., more Republicans, or is it going to kind of remain about the same? Is this, in other words, is this an effective tool for winning the majority in the House and the Senate, and otherwise uh, pushing the left wing platform? Is this effective? To our mind, as a practical matter, it's as effective as a temper tantrum, right? We, you know that. Somebody just engaging in a temper tantrum is not going to get their way. It's, it shouldn't get their way, at the very least. It's not a good policy. Policy by temper tantrum is not, not effective. And I think, and I dare say that, you know, speaking for myself, what what motivated me to become a conservative, among many other things, but really the the thing that really opened the door is exactly what we're seeing now. When I saw that that Democrats particularly left wing democrats were so disingenuous about their arguments how they were hiding the ball uh, about things when i said well wait a minute you need to be honest about these things you know where things are good where things are bad and such like that and they couldn't see their own failings that's when i began to to really wonder and then i began to understand that the conservatives seems to have seemed to have more impressive and intelligent talking heads than the liberals did that was important to me, because analysis means everything. Who do you have on the left? Paul Krugman. That's their go-to guy for anything economics-related. They have nobody else, but he's the New York Times. So you know the New York Times is powerful, and and he says these crazy things. He, everything he says when it comes to economics is utterly false. It makes no sense at all. And then his uh, predictions. For example, what he said about Donald Trump, that if he were to be elected, God forbid, God forbid, then you'll see a collapse of the stock market like you've never seen before. And not only that, but it will continue to descend until it reaches zero. I mean, that that's the effect. He didn't actually say that last part, but he did say it will continue to descend in ways that it will just seem like old news every day that the stock market will be going down another 100, 200 points every day. And I... I rejected that. I began to see that that was uh, politics by hysteria, and I knew that it was wrong. It couldn't be right. If it was so right, then they wouldn't need to be so hysterical. I mean, that's basic stuff, right? And and I can tell you that when I go to court uh, for a, a client of mine, if I've got good facts, and I try not to take cases that don't have good facts, but if I've got good facts and good law with me, I don't need to yell and scream. It doesn't, it doesn't help me one iota to do that. The other side, not always, of course, but when they don't have the facts, when they don't have the law, they will pound the table, they will scream, they will point to me uh, as somehow and accuse me of doing some, some wrongdoing somehow, like, I'm, like I've hidden discovery or something like that, hidden documents from the court, but they have no facts or law. They wouldn't need to do that is what I'm saying. And here we are. The Democrats are doing exactly what we're saying. I put it to you Ari, and, and our first litmus test will be in November 2018. So we're two two months away. Less than two months away before the election. I put it to you that and we've made this prediction for a while that we will either uh, we will certainly hold the senate. I think we may even gain seats in the senate. As far as the house concerned, I think we might lose five or so seats. Maybe seven, 10 on a really bad day. Um, I don't think we'll gain any seats, but you know, it's inevitable that we're going to have to lose some seats. That's, that's kind of powerful for the course when it comes to the first midterm election after a new, new party is in the White House. And that's where we are. So I, I think we're going to do quite well. And I don't think that, I think the Democrat, Democrats know this. And that's why they're screaming. I think they, they want to do everything they can to gain every single voice possible in order to get people out to the vote, voting po- uh, polls, for one thing, and then to also think that they can somehow change minds. That if you are somehow conservative, you're crazy. You're deserving of, of violence. That's what they're doing to you. Am I bold? Am I am I saying something crazy? What do you think?
1: Well, it's, there's a couple things at play. One thing is just the, the classic tactic of um, war whoops when you don't have the forces to actually win a battle. You make a big show, you make a lot of noise with the idea that hopefully you'll scare the side that's better armed, better equipped, and better trained than you are from just shooting you. Right.
0: right? Sometimes it so works. You're
1: just, yeah, so you're just making a lot of noise. And it's a desperate measure. Like you're saying, it does indicate that they know How bad they have it Even if their media allies are Trying to convince the public of the opposite But you brought up a a bigger Kind of issue at the beginning Which is If this stuff Were to be normalized and continue What is the end result? Well that's an obvious answer And that's um, It's the end of civilization It's a thousand generations of darkness And, and, you know, you see it in in ways big and small with how people conduct themselves or behave. The slow, if or even fast, complete destruction of standards in society. My wife was talking uh, today, we were watching people walk around with their dogs. And uh, she talked about how, let alone controlling children, people don't even control their dogs anymore. No yeah. one puts their dog on a firm grip on the leash. No one pulls the leash to correct the dog quickly when it tries to run ahead. No, we're not talking about your dog. We've we, she hasn't met your dog, so right. we have no knowledge about that. Right. We're talking about, you know, other people's dogs here. And um, I'm saying that aside because I've had conversations with Barack about dogs, but a different issue. Anyway, if, if people won't correct their dogs, then why should they correct their children? And if they're not going to correct their children, what does that speak of about future generations? You see the, the predominance of tattoos and piercings and odd-colored hair, how that's becoming regular. It used to be a few oddballs, even in L.A., in certain districts like Venice or the Melrose area or Sunset Strip would have alternative lifestyle uh, you know fashion choices. Right. But now it's gone mainstream. And it's all a part of the uh the primitivization of society, a return to the primitive, to the uh postmodern, to the uh non civilized. Right. And then it's re- it's now Breached the gates of, say, uh, you know, entertainment culture or popular music or some style, and now breached the gates into politics. Where now the primitive violence tactics of the um, of the savage are now being normalized by media and intellectual elites. Now, think about the strange contradiction of this. Intellectual elites who constantly tell us that they're better, more sophisticated, more stylized, have better taste in music, art, food, etc. are the ones asking for primitive violence against people who merely disagree with them. Right. And then, of course, you're right. It's not going to have a positive electoral effect on, on the Democrat Party because... As Martin Luther King And Gandhi proved Violence never works Electorally It's not a popular thing When you go out In public With your children And you see violence The last thing you say is You know what I'm going to vote For the people Who are into that
0: Right exactly Especially when you're In the privacy Of the voting booth Itself And that's exactly What happens Thank God Still today Right And well Don't worry The Democrats Will take care Of that soon too Where you'll have to Eventually reveal Whom you're voting for Because you know
1: Along with who you donate yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and who knows if elections continue to not go their way? Well, we'll just have to get rid of elections. Well, if that, we can't steal
0: it. Well, well, that's exactly right. So that's that's the next step. That that's definitely on the horizon. Yes, I know that sounds crazy because the secrecy of the ballot seems so sacrosanct to you. But uh, at the end of the day, crazy things have happened, right? and
1: you make such a great point, real fast. If it's okay to lose your Second Amendment rights. And it has been for the last 10 years or so. And now the last two years with Prager University, YouTube censorship, social media censorship, bannings, the Me Too movement, speech codes, people saying a word that starts with N in private meetings at companies that's leaked by media consultants to the general public and CEOs like Papa John's dude lose their job for a hypothetical conversation of how to deal with race. Right. Oh, that means the First Amendment is gone right. So if the Second Amendment and the First Amendment are eviscerated
0: Who's to say elections aren't next? Of course, of course And then there's no, there's nothing in the Constitution, first of all That has a right to vote, as it were, in quotes it, there's, So therefore, there's certainly nothing in the Constitution That says that you have a right to have a secret vote that To, to, to hide your vote It's assumed that that is necessary for our functioning democracy Absolutely, and I agree with that assumption but people will say, well, we need to see who you're voting for. Why are you embarrassed to say who you're voting for? We need to know ahead of time. And so, but of course that will lead to intimidation like we saw with the the new Black Panthers back in 2008. Um, But, and, and other people will intimidate anyway, but it's for a good cause, Ari, and that's the important thing. You're missing the main mission here, my friend, because, you know, Utopia is awaiting <laughs> It's
1: just around the it's corner, just around the corner. You it.
0: Exactly it, it,
1: You don't know how good of a point you just made Because think about it in New York and now California They're going to let felons vote Right? Yeah. Felons in prison Right Well, in prison, you don't have a right not to get your mail opened So right. if you're voting absentee, they can go through your ballot yep. right? that's now, right Now, most prisoners will vote the way they want That's right. why they're allowing it Right But how is it that prisoners who have no rights to privacy whatsoever, whether they defecate, uh, you know, uh, what they read, what meal they do, what they eat, what's given to them by people visiting them in jail, why should they have privacy in the ballot box?
0: All right. So we're getting too so, much into but, the weeds right but now. You're but you're not.
1: Why should, yeah. if it's done that way for felons, why would that turn the into the regular
0: ballot I understand. I understand. They don't even have to get to that felons argument. I'm simply saying that they will start saying that, you know, we're entitled to know how you're going to vote. What are you worried about Barack, what do you worry about, Ari? You know, we want to know if you're a, uh, a dangerous person because the way you vote reflects your values, and we may not like your values. For example, uh, and here here is an example. We don't like the fact that uh, you vote conservative because if you vote conservative, then there's a very good chance that you are not supportive of the climate change agenda, and and we, I mean, <laughs> our whole world depends on that. And frankly, you know, voting be damned, uh, you know, we we can't be under 20 feet of water, all of us. So uh, you're gonna have to tell us how you're gonna vote. So at the end of the day. By the way, this is happening in other parts of the world. They're called dictatorships, right? Uh, Saddam Hussein uh, demanded to know whom was voting for him and who, whom was voting for the other guy. And surprise, surprise, he got 97% of the vote. So that's the way it's going to be. And the other three, uh, well, they, they, don't, they don't exist anymore. You get the idea. Uh, so what's to stop that? I, I, I think that things that are sacrosanct, um, when people will listen to this and they'll say, oh, there goes Ari and Burekagon. They're, they're going crazy, half-cocked with their theories. I just say, look, you know, the gay marriage was a crazy idea uh, only 10 years ago. Um, the idea of transgenders, and we should all change our bathrooms and locker rooms because of a, a very few people that, that are confused as to whether they're a man or, or a woman or some combination of them, that, that idea is so bizarre to me. And so bizarre to most of our listeners, and yet here we are—the very idea that you could be forced to bake a cake in support of a gay wedding, uh, even though it it runs counter to everything you believe religiously. Here we are, you know. So, why would that? They'll find a justification to demand to know how you vote. Or at the very least, why you shouldn't have those barriers, right, that, that separate your voting uh, pamphlet from some from your neighbor who's also voting. Yeah,
1: if they're removing the barriers in a bathroom, yes, why, why shouldn't
0: they remove it from a bathroom? Well, okay, box. that's I, I like the symbol, symbolism, but I'll, I'll tell you, they'll come up with a justification. They'll say, "Listen." We we are concerned that people there's
1: fraud going on in the yeah so this the,
0: yeah. way you know if they know that they're being watched they won't commit fraud we won't look at exactly who they're voting for don't you worry my friend but we just you know there's a larger purpose here uh, what if they're planning to uh, plotting to destroy the voting process so we're we're just saving the voting right.
1: process right well and then, then there's another way they could do that the American Idol Voting Act of 2024 right where they because of all this election fraud on voting machines and paper ballots and all this stuff And conservatives have this problem too How ballots are found We are going to do it Where you're going to vote online Using your own device Where we can track your IP address And we'll know who you vote for How many times you're voting Make sure it's no more than once For your security Yeah. And then of course We won't Well of course we promise We'll never publish lists Of who voted <laughs> that way All right. So and of course it'll leak Right. Yeah. So one way or another The whole idea of threatening those not voting the way they want with some sort of physical violence retribution is inevitably going to be right around the corner for our own good, don't you see?
0: Well, yeah, uh, and the, and we already know it because uh, we, are, we demand people to reveal um, whom they're funding, right? So, for example, the Chick-fil-A guys, right, and uh, a bunch of other companies that had supported uh, Proposition 8 from 2008 um, which they call Proposition 8 and all that crap. But nevertheless, because they voted for Proposition 8 or they gave money to Proposition 8, which is a disclosable item, uh, then they were harassed and beaten and all those terrible things, right? Yeah, or first in their livelihood or yeah. what have you. And, and look, forget about the, the ballot box for the time being. If you wear so much as make America great again hat uh, in support of Trump or anything that's conservative... Uh, you, you know, you're, you're, you're living a dangerous life. You're living a life like a Jew with a yarmulke in Paris today. You know, a Jew in in Paris today knows not to wear any Jewish garb with him because, or anything that would identify him as a, as an observant Jew, because uh, he's going to be attacked. It's just unwise for him to do so. He's surrounded by people who hate Jews. Not just Muslims, by the way. There, there are some who want to support the Muslim cause and they want to show that, they're, that they are that they don't want to be beaten up themselves so they, they're hostile to Jews as well. So, of course, that's a terrible anti-Semitism issue going on in France for all sorts of reasons, but that's the primary reason. Um, and when they live in that kind of fear, that kind of anonymity, that's when bad things uh, eventually spiral out of control. And so you you know, you and I, if we we wore a MAGA hat, Make America Great Again hat, in uh, West LA, uh, more more poignantly, if we put a uh, Make America Great bumper sticker or anything pro Trump um, uh, on our car, we can expect it to be keyed. And the longer you leave a car parked in that way, the more certain that it will be keyed. In fact, I am more certain that my car will be keyed then uh, I am certain whether I'll get a parking ticket for parking in a red zone, okay? That's how certain I am. In a parking in red zone, maybe the parking guy won't come by, (laughs) okay? Maybe I'll get lucky and they they just won't do their rounds for whatever reason or the, the parking guy is lazy or something like that. But if they see a MAGA bumper sticker on my car, especially if there's nobody in the car to defend it, they will key it conveniently. And they'll justify themselves because they're doing a good thing for society somehow. Yeah, and if they're fighting fascism after all.
1: If you have a MAGA hat and you go to Creation Organic Juicery or Whole Foods Market or Irwan or any number of leftist coffee shops, you can expect either violence at the point of attack or even worse, because unfortunately, these people have been given a wonderful education, just marinated in STEM skills. You know, yeah. science, technology, edgy mathematics, whatever that crap yeah, is. but no history. Right. And these people will take a picture of you, run it through some database with facial-like software, probably on Facebook. Figure out who you are. Check that against other databases. Find your home address and, and harass you at your home. Yeah. Or beat up your wife or kids. Yeah. It's, they are
0: that evil, and they are in that large numbers concentrated well, I, in, the, in oh, this Oh, I, I agree, and, and it, it happens on a much larger level the, at the government level. I mean, I look, I was audited twice, twice in two years. That's, that's obscene, but I, I'm, a, I'm well known for my conservatism. I have a radio show and such. I can't help but feel that uh, something was targeted. This is back in the Obama days, by the way. I don't think this will happen again. Uh, And I came out clean in both audits, by the way. Um, So it's very bizarre. It was the hassle factor that was involved and the attempt to intimidate um, that, that, that we are seeing time and time again. Look, and, I, and I'm, I'm comfortable with, with, with announcing this because uh, I know how clean I am when it comes to uh, taxes and doing what I need to do to observe the law. Do I want lower taxes? Yes, but uh, I have to observe the law. And this was an intimidation game. And I, I know that if I walk around with a MAGA hat or uh, proclaim my love for America, even if I wear a, a small pin that has an, you know one of those pins that has a combination of the American flag and the Israeli flag together... Uh, in certain circles, I got to be really careful, really careful, and and it should be that way in America. So what's the point of all this? The point, uh, kind of coming back full circle, I think, Ari, that people don't like chaos. I call it the anti-chaos vote, and we are now facing. The anti-chaos vote. People talk about the woman vote, right? The, the white vote. They talk about the black vote, of course. A certain, you know, then certain age demographics above uh, 35 and below 35, uh, and uh, the Hispanic vote, of course, uh, the married vote, the gay vote, you name it. There's all sorts of things. But what's missing in all that, I think, is the anti-chaos vote. Yeah, otherwise known as the normal person vote. The normal person vote. I think that above their own personal politics, if they see that their party is engaging in chaos, is fomenting chaos for that matter... uh, I think that they'll turn against their own party.
1: Yeah, and it's true because you look at yourself and you know you and you know I would make the same decision. Yeah. If you saw people in our party, whatever the, that party's name is, because mm-hmm. that name does not matter, engage in all these policies that we support, whether it's low taxes, low regulations, strong national defense, um, you know, law and order, any of that stuff, and on the same side, we saw our party... Engaging in active acts of violence against the other side, just for some cynical electoral gain, or for the greater good, no matter how noble right. it is, we'd be like, we're not part of that. Exactly, Hell right. and no, we're vote, We would gladly vote for higher taxes, higher regulations, a weak national defense, a surrender, even even things as horrible to think of as. Uh, uh, going against pro-Israel candidates, or even if it was involved giving Iran nuclear weapons, because we understand Iran with nuclear weapons is a much lesser threat to us, as horrible as it may seem, than the loss of civility on our
0: streets. Well, I'll take you one step further, uh, and I think you would agree with me on this. Both of us love the idea of lower taxes, right? Less regulation, and uh, let's throw this in as well, um, the um, the end of abortion. Okay, Uh, you know we we like to make abortion as marginal as possible, and to that end, in order to achieve that end, we uh, intimidate and beat up any newspaper that calls for higher taxes or calls for pro-choice agendas. Uh, We we actually blow them up. Okay, and when speakers speak on a liberal um, campus for whatever reason, uh, we would uh, then shout them down and even imprison them, uh, bully them, send them threatening males with arsenic laced in, or laced in them or whatever it is. All these horrible things. Can you imagine if we had done all those things? And of course we wouldn't, but I'm just saying if we were to learn that our, our party was doing this, we would say we want none of this. I mean, we're all for lower, lower government and lower government involvement, lower taxes, and for uh, less increasing of abortion, and then control—you know, uh, the, the allowing of guns, for example. But to do it in a violent way like this, uh, we, would, we would wash our hands of it and say, that ain't the way to do it, and we ain't vote, voting for you. At the very yeah. least, we ain't voting for you.
1: Yeah, now this hypothetical is a, a non-starter. It's this a non-starter because it, it would never happen. Because the only reason we want... Lower taxes, less regulation, more p- good people armed with guns, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is to preserve the civil society yes. and lessen violence among people. Okay, so as a starting point, that's what we want more than anything. It's, it's an internally
0: but, flawed yeah, hypothetical. Right, is what you're but saying, but
1: we're making the point that no matter what kind of political goodies our side would dangle in front of us. For that electoral gain of, of utopia that they promise, we are not going to take the track
0: in any way that uses violence as an adjunct to achieve that, right? End. Or 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 to or to make sure somehow to let's say food poison, not kill, but to food poison any uh, potential liberal congressman who might vote against our uh, our propositions for lowering government, lowering taxes, uh, and uh, avoiding a, a abortion. Um, can you imagine? I mean, of course, we would never agree to these tactics, but the question now turned to the Democrats. Are you okay with it? Well, because, that's right. You know, because, wait for it, wait for it, you guys are doing it. Bingo. This is exactly what you are doing. And I, uh, it's so funny, because I ask my listeners on my radio show, and we have many liberal listeners, we have even more liberal listeners on this podcast, and they... When I asked them, and I ask them now, I suppose, are you jiggy with this? How do you explain yourself? Rather than simply to condemn it. But you, you... Sometimes some people condemn it. They say, oh, for example, there are many people said, look, I'm against the Antifa stuff. These guys are thugs. They don't speak for me. Good for them. But but they do. They do speak. They're doing your dirty work. And you are silently okay with them. it. Yeah. You're
1: not... You're you are not, letting them. You're not... Ju- it, it's... I- I can't believe that we've reached a point where Democrat politicians are not saying, homie, that doesn't play with me. Right. Cut it out. Yeah. Hey, you idiot. What what it says, as Prager talked about, is the greatest fear these days is fear of wrongism, leftism. And what it tells me is that the Democrat-elected officials, no matter how much they don't believe their own crap, are so intimidated by the blue hairs and the uh, the pussy hats and the uh, piercings and the tattoos and the uh, college professors who beat people up with bike locks that
0: they don't want to get out of their good favor. Uh, They're intimidated. Of course, they're terrified. Of course, and and then they then they start eating their own. That's so. That's the classic problem that you saw in communist countries is that even the party loyalists ended up being, you know, knocked off because of the fears within themselves. It's really fascinating. Look, this leads to another point, Uh, and it leads to a point about atheism that I want to drill down on. But let's stay stay with leftism for the time being. If you are a leftist, if you're a liberal, and you uh, have come to learn about these terrible things that are going on, isn't it difficult... I mean, I've asked a couple of my liberal friends who are now in their 40s and 50s, even younger than 40s, and I say, you know, it seems to me that everything that you espouse, uh, you you actually, uh, you know, should be more of a conservative. You should. I tell them, for example, they they don't live the life that they preach. They they in fact they should be preaching what they live, but they don't they don't do that. Right. They're an example. They're not encouraging
1: their children to grow up and go on welfare.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, they, they, they don't encourage food stamps. They have an answer for that, by the way, but let's not yeah. get, we don't need to go down there. I'm simply saying they, they don't, at the end of the day, they believe in entrepreneurship. They, you know, A lot of my liberal friends are entrepreneurs who made millions of dollars because of an idea that they had uh, that they would never have uh, grown root in any other country in the world. Okay, and yet they benefited from it. and yet they they despise America and so forth, and they're going to move to Canada if Trump is uh, the president and so forth. Okay, so you get the idea. But so you ask them, like, I don't get it. You, everything you you push for is conservative, and yet you still belong to the liberal party. And they they try to dance around the issues. They don't really have a solid answer, but I think I know the reason why now. They are so entrenched in their. Liberal identity—that for them to awaken to conservatism and to embrace conservatism, no less, means rejecting everything that they are about themselves. It, it means realizing and being accountable for their past behavior. And for a lot of people, I think it's too challenging. It's too daunting. It's, and in fact, it's terrifying, because the 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 notion of being responsible for your behavior. That's that's something for which they cannot abide. That they they don't they're yeah, not good with when that. When
1: you're confronted with that level of guilt, yeah, or reconciliation for past sins, right? A lot of people, weak-minded, weak spiritual people, kill themselves. Oh, because a- I, absolutely, regularly. Yeah. the shame, the shock. Yeah. Leaves people to end it all. That's what they're they're, they're dealing with. I know. I know and that is, and you and I have nothing but sympathy for it. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and we would
0: we would embrace them and we would say, look, all is forgiven. You got to forgive yourself first of all, but also talk to God about it. Um, but for them, it would mean that they would have to revisit all the little cheats that they have made throughout their lives. And why not? Because you know, after all, if there's no God, and we're going to get to the God issue soon, if there's no God, well, then cheating is well. There's it's it's value free. Yeah, you're off scot free. Yeah, oh,
1: accountability yeah. here it comes. Yeah, and
0: all those women that I that I bedded, you know, and I promised them I would love them, but I didn't, and you know, I gave them a couple diseases or whatever. I, you know, all the drugs I took and all the the kind of strange things I, I encourage other people to embrace. You know, I, I've got a lot to account for, and they don't want to do that. They would rather tell themselves that everything they've done is okay. Right? But, you know, it's funny because even the criminal knows that or believes that, uh, you know, he he wakes up and he doesn't say, you know, how can I commit crime today? How can I be evil today? Very few people actually say that. I doubt even Hitler said that, who's arguably the most evil man that ever lived, along with uh, Stalin and Mao and and so forth. These people didn't get up and say, how can I be the most vicious, horrific human being that ever lived? They thought that they were doing great things. Interestingly, uh, there is, and this is an anecdote and a very big exception too, David Berkowitz, you you know, he was famously known as Son of Sam while he was killing quite a few people in New York. He's serving a life sentence, uh, multiple life sentences. He'll never get out, probation or otherwise, uh, and that's good. But this man found uh, Jesus in prison, and he's able to look back on himself and say, what I did was horrific. It is a, a... He doesn't even say that he was a different man. He, he's become a different man, but he knows that he's responsible for it. He doesn't pretend that that's somebody else who did that. It wasn't the dog telling him. Right, right. He doesn't, he doesn't call about Satan or anything else. Yeah. He, he is actually leading an exemplary life in prison. He is uh, spreading the word, and he understands that a life without God, without Jesus in his case, uh, is, is so instrumental to the saving of one's soul, and this is a man as as horrific a man as he was, and truly horrific. Um, if he could do it, then you can do. How about that? Okay, and this man is not hoping for probation one day. He's not. There, he knows that there's no getting out of prison. None. He has no. There's no added advantage to him other than his own personal peace of mind, and his begging of forgiveness for the families of the victims. And he does that over and over again And, and there is some solace among the people uh, The families That they, they hate him and everything else But they don't want him to continue Being a madman for the rest of his life They want him to recognize that, that what he had done was evil And that he will always have to account for it And that he will recognize that he's going to go to hell for it He recognizes all those things yeah. But if he can do it Then you can do it My liberal friend My atheist friend you can do it. And, and this is a, a powerful argument that I heard from a, a very good friend of mine who was um, fighting the fight against atheism, as I am. Um, but I'm fascinated, as you know, I'm fascinated with atheism. I mean, Fyodor Dostoevsky wrote it once about, they asked him, what, what is the one thing that, that impassions your life? And he said, atheism. I, I need to understand it. He himself had, had been an atheist, just like I had been an atheist. But we both, she, not not to equate my intellect with his, his is far superior than the mine will ever be. But hey, dumb people make the same conclusion. Uh, really yeah, that's manually, true. So <laughs>
1: exactly. Don't okay. knock yourself out on that. Th- like, thank you. That's, it
0: does make me feel
1: two better. Two plus two just, just actually does, actually equals, equals four. Yeah, whether you're it. a
0: smart person or yeah. a dumb person, you still know that's two. It could, that's a good point. <laughs> Now, you're, you're laughing, but it's, it's, an, it's a very astute point. Yeah. The point is that we are, we're both equally fascinated with atheism and how somebody can get there and how somebody can stay there, despite the facts <laughs> overwhelming them to the contrary. That's what we're fascinated with. Okay, I can understand a child saying, hey, look, I can't see God. I, I, I get that. Right, where is he? Where is he? Come on. I don't say, you know, where's your miracles? Miracles don't happen today. Uh, we don't see the parting of the Red Sea. I can get a child saying that. And then, I don't know who said the expression is, by the time you're 30, you should believe there's a God, and by the time you're 60, you should know there's a God, right? Um, and so, I, I don't know why people don't get to that point, where they, they don't at least believe that there's a God, that, that there's there's good arguments for the existence of God, just by looking around them, without the benefit of microscopes, well, without the benefit yeah. of all the science that we now know. Yeah. But then then, to... To pile on all the microscopic information and the uh, the telescopes that we have and all the other science that we have, that that just tells you how crazy the odds are that life could happen, let alone intellectual life, intelligent life like we have, and the free will notion. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm getting to this very important point, which is, at some point, I think the atheist. And I'm talking about the mature atheist now, not the child atheist, the mature one, one who's 35 and older, it looks at the situation, and I think, Ari, that they know that there's a God. Secretly, I know. I think, I see, I think secretly they, they know it. Of course. They, they see it, and they, they, they figure, listen, there is structure to the universe, but they don't like it. They don't like the notion of structure, because structure implies morality. And they've been leading very immoral, or shall we say amoral lives, and they don't want to be held to account. For the man Let's say uh, He's been drugging uh, He's been drugging it up And he's been sexing it up He's having tons of sex With random people If I was
1: doing those two things I'd really believe in God (laughs) Because God put me on this earth And I can get sex While I'm drunk No, but you know Hallelujah You know what I'm
0: talking about Irresponsible sex Using sex Not for its intended purpose Uh, You know Look, to me I I think sex
1: Although the intended purpose of sex And you and I differ on this The intended purpose of sex for me Is to have sex As often as possible
0: Okay, but no, I'm going to say something serious about this because you're not far off. But I'm simply saying there's two things. There is the procreation aspect, of course, and then people talk about the recreational aspect of it, both of which are true. But it's not just, it's not just uh, fun and pleasurable. It's intensely pleasurable, right? I mean, that, Hence the expression, better than sex, you know, for some people when they, I don't know, whatever, they go into- They uh, eat a and,
1: cheeseburger, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they joke around. They say it's better than sex. Or, you know, astronauts have famously said when they're going up in space, the, the rush is, is better than sex. Okay. And that's fair enough. But they're trying to make a point. It is so intense, this feeling. It's not just, you know, if it was just, um, you know, if it was just a necessity to help you uh, procreate. God would make sex as pleasurable as having a uh, a really tasty apple. Okay, we we like apples, right? You like good food, whatever your your food is. You eat it, but you don't have this orgasmic, you know, experience associated with the food. Says you might really has, like it. Says a man who doesn't eat steak. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. I'll I'll kill you later. But that was that is funny. <laughs> no, but you. But the, the point is, so so you have to kind of answer that question like. Why is it that intensely good? Okay, and to me the reason is to create the connection with your mate, with your intent, your married mate at some point. Mates, that, that, oh, please. <laughs> you would like a mates. I'm saying your married mate to to be uh, to be at one with each other, and at when you are with each other, Sorry. and when you are at one with each other in that sort of intensity, you, you elevate yourself to a higher state, a spiritual state even. And I and I think Christians uh, and and Jews alike uh, agree with that. It's the intensity of it. So, but people misuse sex just like they misuse uh, nuclear uh, energy, right? You can misuse uh, cars. You can you can by golly you can misuse airplanes. You know we saw that on September eleven of two thousand one. You can misuse anything, and people misuse sex repeatedly. And the point is that people look back in time and they look and they say they would have to account. They were to say, everything I've done is, is wrong. I've, I've led a life of decay. I've, led, I've, I've encouraged lives of decay on this planet. For other people, I've raised my children in an amoral way. I've told them that there is no God. I've told them that there is no reason for structure. And that America sucks. And that Israel is awful too. It's an apartheid nation. Or what have you. and the Christianity, and, and, then they, and then they suddenly realize, whoa. I've been on the wrong side of this equation
1: for for all my life. Not only have I been on the wrong side of it, I've done everything in my life to unleash hell upon this beautiful world that I thought I loved so much. Right. Right? Yep.
0: And, And here's the proof of this, of what I'm saying. Every time you speak to an atheist, specifically an atheist on this issue, and you say, look... Bob, there is a God, and, and let, me, let me explain to you why. They shut you up. You see, we've been talking about this many times, how we're flummoxed, how atheists will try to just dismiss you and say, that's just, it's all mumbo-jumbo, it's hocus-pocus, it's all magic. You want to believe that, Barack, that's your business, but I, like, I'm like i a man of science, thank you very much. And then you say, well, let me show you the science. Let me show you the logic, at the very least, And just like you can't prove that there is, that I can't prove that there is a God, you cannot prove that there's no God. But in all likelihood, there is. In all likelihood. And you try to show it to them. And they just shake their heads. And the reason why they're doing that, Ari, is because the last thing they want to be open to is the possibility that everything that they've done in their lives was for naught. And in fact, not only that it's for naught, but it was actually for destruction. That's why. Yep. It's a terrifying world, and and you're seeing this destruction in leftism, which has embraced atheism, uh, in our country right now. Yeah, and I and I, we will we will see a turn. Yeah, and I would go one step farther
1: with that. Is you know I call it wrongism, right? Um, what's what's the whole golden rule thing in any of the civilizing religions, knowing right from wrong? Yep. So it's not that leftism, wrongism, liberalism progressivism, any of those isms that we generally call this, has embraced atheism. It's that it's the most important component yep. of it. Yep. It is atheism. Right. It is atheistic even if it wraps itself in some sort of clerical cloak. Right. 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 Even if uh, you know I was at um, this rally for um uh, I was doing some uh, some reporting for Jim Hoft, a gateway pundit. And he said, Could, do you mind going to that immigration rally in downtown L.A., which was in June a few right. weeks ago? And so I go, and I'm there to film Eric Garcetti's speech, which right. was hilarious. All before his speech, they had all, it's a, it's a Democrat thing. They have all these people of the multi-culti polycore amalgamation of, of agenda and folk and... Right. and uh, <laughs> Um, identity politics, they had the imam, they had the pastor, they had the rabbi, they had the priest, you know, from every faith. But you could see, because every one of them was a leftist, they were irreligious men of religion. Yes. They were men of the cloth only because of the cloth. Right. And there was they- nothing underneath
0: the cloth. Right. Yeah. Sorry, and sorry, sorry. they
1: were all... Atheists, right?
0: Even if they proclaim their non-atheism, they're a different kind of rhino, right? Religious right. in name only. Yes. Okay. So y- yes, that's going to happen, and uh, that is the devil's work, yeah. as and, it were. And, and, that's I,
1: and your I say, I say, yeah. is that it's the most important component of that side.
0: I say it's the devil's work in in a kind of a what's the word? Um, symbolic, figurative sort of sense, not in the true devil sense. I, I see. Look, they're going to cloak their leftism, their wrongism, as you like to say. In, in legitimate ways. They will use our institutions against us, which is brilliant from a strategic point of view when you think about it. Um, and they will, that, that's why they, they always point to the Bible in order to advance their leftist causes, including, uh, including gay marriage for crying aloud, which yeah, is so t- obscene. Right,
1: and to t- on the Jewish side. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. So this is, this is what they'll do. But I, I, I think in each one of these people, there's this powerful powerful need to resist the possibility that they might have to confront their past, each of their own pasts, because that must be terrifying. But the good news is, much like an alcoholic needs to confront his past and acknowledge the wrongs he has done, he will come out the other side much brighter, much more spiritual, much more whole. Uh, and much happier if he does exactly that. He he must know that his alcoholism is destroying him and destroying the lives of his family and, and his friends. He must know that. He knows deep down inside that it's hurting everyone. And I think that's the way it is with the atheist. I think that's the way it is with the liberals, the left, the leftists in particular.
1: Yeah, you can even make the contention hypothetical it's. Actually, not hypothetical, it's actually realistic because you've observed it. David Berkowitz is a happier man being a man of God permanently incarcerated for this lifetime yep. than he would be had he never been caught. It was still roaming around out there like a
0: wild animal, free. Right. right? Yes, he could he could have lied to himself the entire time, saying one of two things, I suppose. I just it's just coming right to mind. One of the two things is these people that I killed, they were evil, and you know, in his in his own crazy way. He could say they were evil and they needed to be killed. I saved the planet, you know, crazy conspiratorial stuff. Or he could have said, um, you know, uh, what i you know what I did to those people was wrong, but you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm a victim of society somehow, um, and you know I'm just going to go on with my life. And you know that society has wronged me. He could have done that. He didn't. He accepted full responsibility. He didn't blame it on some other person or society. Uh, I'm not saying that what he did is a good thing by any stretch, but how he no, responded the to him, the repentance is is fantastic. Yeah. There's no getting around it. And if if he could do it. Then you can do it Every one of you can do it Because none of you, God willing Who's listening to this podcast Has done what David Berkowitz has done Okay, But many of you have done Close to what the alcoholic has done What the the wife abuser has done What the, the druggie has done Many of you And they've come out the other side You can too But what that takes is embracing A world of God of structure, and fighting the world of chaos. And that is hard work. That's why the atheist doesn't want to change. That's why the leftist doesn't want to change. But we can change, and there is hope for you. I'm Barack Leary. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.